My Euro Diary, your daily guide to Euro 2020. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from and get it delivered every day to your inbox. And get involved in the show using our Twitter feed and our email address, which you can find in the description of the podcast. My Euro Diary, your daily Euro 2020 guide. Hello and welcome back to my Euro Diary podcast. Every single day there's a game at this summer's Euros. There'll be a new podcast coming straight to your inbox. But that'll only happen if you are subscribed on your podcast platform. If you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I don't really know where you guys listen to your podcast. But wherever you are, if you leave a subscription, it means every single day you're going to get a brand new podcast from me into your inbox. And you can listen straight away, give it a download, take the dogs for a walk, and there you go. You've got your podcast ready for the day, uh, every single day that is. So if you want to miss out on that, just don't subscribe. If you don't want to miss out on that, I recommend getting in there and dropping a a little subscription onto the podcast platform so that we can get you involved in every single episode. Because I want you all there. I want you all there to listen to each and every one, if that's what your choosing is. And I don't want you to miss one, which is what I'm trying to say. So if you are new, make sure to drop the subscription on your podcast platform. Today, coming up, we've got plenty of action to discuss. We've got the second instalment of Group D action. We've also got a bit of Group E in there. Uh, I can't say I've watched... Well, I can say I've watched two games so far and they've both been Snorefest. So I'm hoping the England-Scotland game is really going to uh, rife some action up here at this summer's Euros, uh, today's action in the summer's Euros, because so far it's been pretty, pretty dire. But yeah, I'll get my thoughts on both the games and also when I've watched the England-Scotland game later, is it coming home? I'll be answering that question after the game. Not right now, because I don't want to embarrass myself but without further ado let's get straight into the action regarding uh let's start with sweden slovakia which i thought was the worst snorefest of the two it was a pretty dire game i thought both teams i think slovakia were so negative i think Slovenia, sweden deserved the win because they at least tried to do some attacking whereas slovakia they didn't um <laughs> they didn't they didn't really want it um yeah, they didn't really want to attack, they didn't really want to get forward, and they didn't really you know, want to have any attacking intent. But why would you? You've got your three points under your belt. If you get another point, that's a bonus really, but three points could be enough to see you through the group stage. And at this rate, it, it probably it probably will be. And um, you look at Slovakia, and they, they won last time out against Poland, so they probably don't need the points, whereas Sweden did, and Sweden got their points today. Alexander Isak, what a player. I, th- I think the only thing that was missing from that performance today was a goal. Other than that, his movement, his pace. For a big guy, he's got fantastic feet. You know, you consider he's a, he's a pretty tall chap uh, and pretty stringy. But Isak, what a player he is. He's got fantastic vision, fantastic awareness of where he is, fantastic feet, considering he's a big lad, he's quite tall. He, he can still dribble around players and take on one or two, one or two men uh, and drive the team forward. And he was trying to pick up a, a pick up spaces in deeper areas and it really paid off for him and I thought he really worked well in those deeper areas and he deserves a lot of credit I think it was so good at, in that second half in that first half he did drop off a little bit and he wasn't too great but in the second half he really did come to life and really helped Sweden just move forward as a team and without him I don't think they'd have got a win today because he was constantly pushing them up the pitch and obviously it's Emil Forsberg who's scored the only goal of the game today but I have to say Marcus Danielson again look really good I can see somebody signing him seriously I thought he was really good today and worked really hard and blocked everything but yeah he was fantastic and I probably also saw the best penalty that I've seen so far this summer's Euros in Forsberg hard and low love to see it I know Dubravka guessed the right way but he really did 
hit it with some force and some power that he just wasn't able to get down to it quick enough. Um, it's a shame for Slovakia that they haven't managed to pick up another point because that would have probably seen them through. However, they probably didn't deserve a point because of the way they played, they negative football. I mean, they did have the more pose- most possession, but they didn't really want to attack. They were trying to like sort of every time they got to the halfway line, it sort of turn back, make a little pass inside then stop, then turn back again. And it was quite frustrating if you're a Slovakia fan because you just want to see them get a goal. If you got six points, you could potentially even finish top of the group. So I didn't understand why they didn't quite go for things. But it's unfortunate that Slovakia couldn't build on that win because I, I actually expected a little bit more from them. But it could be enough to see them into the knockout stages. But Alexander Isak, he completed six dribbles against Slovakia, the most by a player in a game at Euro 2020 so far, and the most by a Swedish player in a game since in the tournament since Thomas Brolin at Euro 1992, which was seven against Denmark. So Alexander Isak really, really showing his fantastic quality and the ability that he has to drive the team forward. And he's, considering he's a, quite a tall lad, he does get in some very good positions and gets some very good movement going. I mean, he's very agile, agile actually. I think he's very good. And... I can see a team in the Premier League trying to look trying to look at him and seeing can they play off him? Can they build with him alongside perhaps a more experienced striker? Like, uh, I don't know, maybe Chelsea. Olivier Giroud could potentially uh, rub off on him. And then maybe somebody like, well, I would have said Man City, but Aguero's disappeared now. Um, you know, Man United, could they? Could he could do well with Edison Cavani? Could Edison Cavani teach him the way? There's plenty of teams that could be wanted him. And um, yeah, I think it was really, really... Uh, boring game to be honest, but it, 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 they kept very, very, they kept very, very well. Nice Sweden. You consider against Spain that they've had a really physical, tough challenge, and they came out today and showed a pretty decent showing again. Um, Slovakia, they're down, but they're not out. I mean, that three points could be enough to see them through. But Sweden, how resilient they were! Uh, they're all but through to the last sixteen now with four points at the top of the group actually, and they've done really well. They've done really well there, Sweden. But Slovakia, they'll need to at least grab a point, I think, to, to see themselves through. And I think it's possible you watch the way they did it against them. Um, uh, Sweden did it against Spain. They could do exactly the same thing for me, Slovakia. And yeah, let's see what, what the rest of Group E has in store for us tomorrow. But at the moment, Sweden sit top with Slovakia second, Spain third, Poland fourth. So looking forward to seeing what's going on in those games tomorrow. Over to Group D now. Uh, Croatia, not quite the side we saw t- uh, three years ago now. At World Cup 2018, unfortunately, we want them to do well. We wanted to see them carry on and build on that performance at the World Cup, but they just haven't quite been able to, and it's unfortunate for them. Uh, that's a point now, and this makes the Scotland game that they play in the last game all the more important. They will get through if they beat Scotland on the last day, but it's difficult for them now. I think they work hard, Croatia, but they don't really have a way in behind the defence. Good goal from Ivan Perisic, who I thought had a decent game. He's just one of those players that will score you goals and will end up getting you getting you goals from the international level. Never quite on club level to quite the capacity that he does. But, yeah, he stayed onside. He drove in down the left, cut inside, wrong foot in Vladimir Sufal, of all people, and just smashing it around Vasilic and into the far side of the net. It was just really good, really good play from him. Patrick Schick, again, scored for... Um, Czech Republic, that's the second goal he scored. Sorry, the third goal he scored in two games. So, yeah, beautiful goal that he scored. But the fact that he's he's gone and scored that worldie. But this was a penalty. And it was a dubious penalty indeed because I thought Lovren and 
Schick, they went up for the ball. Fair enough, their elbows frailing. Their elbows frailing from Schick. Their elbows in the air, elbow, elbows in the air from Lovren as well. And they're both going for the ball. They're both putting their elbows in the air. And they've ended up sort of clashing. Lovren's won the header. Lovren's only looking at the ball. And the ref's gone over to VAR. And he looked straight and gone for the penalty. I thought it was ridiculous. That, I can't really blame VAR for that because it's the referee who's the one who's gone and looked at that and said, yeah, fair enough, that's a penalty. However, it's not quite it's you know, it's not quite the VAR's fault. Yes, they have indicated for him to come and have a little look, but it's not really something the ref should be giving a a, a red card sorry, a, a penalty for. And it's not really something that you want to see given in the, in this day and age, even if you think the game's gone gone uh gone soft it, it you know it's not quite, quite not quite the case to be honest I think it was dis- disgusting how they gave that penalty and he deserved a lot more than that um Lovren for winning a perfectly clean header in the you know the 90s that would have you'd, you'd applaud that most of the time you would still applaud that but yeah he'll be quite upset with that I think uh Lovren to give away that because they could have been on the way to a 1-0 win however it did mean I got first goal scorer right with Patrick Schick there so uh, am I going to complain I don't think so I don't think I am at all I think I'll be keeping my cards very close to my chest regarding that one because I got 32 points now in my predict- predictions league after that one four points with uh, thanks to a first team to score and a first player to score with Czech Republic and Patrick Schick so yeah not too bad indeed but yeah a pretty boring game in that sort of respect it's fairly level throughout the game not too many chances either and uh, unfortunately for Dion Dublin I'm not the biggest fan of him but co-commentating what proved wasn't really for him today because it was just a bit boring. It was just pretty boring. Um, yeah, I feel they worked really hard. Both teams, Czech Republic are a good side, and I think they'll do well if they get through to the knockout stage. It could see them through that four points now, which it probably will, even if they're one of the best fourth place, third place teams. Sorry, but it's all down to England and Scotland tonight at Wembley Stadium, the battle of old. Oh, I'm so looking forward to it. And I'll be giving you all my thoughts and opinions when that is coming. I'm sure a lot of you are very, very excited for that and want to see what is occurring. But yeah, let's see how England get on against Scotland in the Battle of Old. Be right back. Oh, wow. That was dreadful from an England perspective. A nil-nil draw against Scotland there. And goodness me, be disappointed with that as an England fan. That was absolutely abysmal. Negative, negative football played there by Gareth Southgate all the way through. No real desire to break lines, no real desire to get through the Scotland back line. And yeah, it was appalling, appalling, absolutely dreadful um, from from uh, from England. Uh, Scotland worked very hard. Scotland were very good. Scotland trying to get through the defence. Um, and, you know, they, they worked hard and that's exactly what we sort of expected them to do. But come on, England, that was absolutely appalling. Southgate has got a lot to answer for in today's game. Negative, negative tactics, negative, negative, um, dif- you know, games, negative football. It was just appalling, to be honest. And you know, we need to look at that and think. Well, can can you yeah can can you raise your game from that? That is a pretty low experience, in my opinion. And I believe that you've got to look at that. And I don't think you can take many positives from it at all, to be honest. I think there's plenty of teams that would batter us playing like that. Slow, lethargic. Too many defensive players on the pitch. Too many defensive minds on the pitch as well. Um, I mean, I thought we were playing somebody <laughs> top. You know, I thought we were playing like Belgium, Brazil, somebody like that. But instead, we're playing a team that just don't want to, just don't want to attack, just don't want to go for it. And um, yeah, 
They're just terrible, terrible. They just don't want to get forward. You know, we just don't want to get forward. We don't want to play. We don't want to play our football like normal people do. It's just disgraceful. And, um, yeah, I'm just really disappointed. Uh, but Southgate, how can, how can you waste these attacking riches that you've got on the bench? Surely there are teams that would absolutely bombard that Scotland defence, getting in behind, beating their, beating their man, getting in behind, breaking the lines. It's just not happening with this England side, unfortunately, and that's really disappointing to see. Uh, going through the lineup, Kane didn't get much service, but was not was not anywhere near sharp as I'd have thought he'd be. Um, there was uh, there was Tyron Mings, mistake left, right, and centre, just booting people up in the air, just taking people out for no good reason. Lyndon Dykes had him on toast most of the game in the air. Um, Callum Phillips gone from Yorkshire Pirlo to Jake Livermore within within a within the space of nearly a week. You've got Raheem Sterling, who, although he does, you know, kind of provide a bit of threat of pace, doesn't actually give you any pace, in my opinion. Just tends to sort of loiter around, and every time the ball comes, it's going back. Reese James wanted to put the ball back every time, and that was quite frustrating as well. Um, there were too many passengers in this game, unfortunately, and quite upsetting to see. Um, yeah, I think, wow, where'd you go from there? Grealish came on and didn't really change the game at all. Yes, he dragged a few more Scotland players out, but there's still nobody running in beyond. There's no intensity in the game. There's no intensity in our play at all. Uh, Scotland, very organised. Scotland, very, very um, good behind the ball, working hard for each other. That's what you expected. What did you expect? They've been waiting years for this game, years. And they'll want this game more than probably we will. So, yeah, why, why are we surprised? Why are we surprised at all? That, that they have done that you know surely everybody would have known that was going to happen and we'll just keep on playing like that unless we really have a shift in momentum I thought we've got a bit of momentum now we're moving forwards but that was stale that game absolutely stale Scotland all up for it all wanting it of course why wouldn't they um, yeah I think yeah it was a good result in, in, in Scotland's terms but Sterling awful England ponderous and yeah, didn't really play well. Yeah, I don't think it deserves booing at the end of the game. I think that's a bit harsh. But um yeah. He didn't look very good at all. Uh, none of the none of the game looked really good. It was a real reality check for England. Um yeah, we didn't need to play two sitting midfielders all the way through the games. Uh, it didn't need to happen. I don't know why we were waiting that waiting around for that to to, to keep that up. But Harry game looked like you know, playing, you know, a, a centre-back up front. It didn't look right, actually. Um, yeah, I think the boos are a bit far, but I just think it was appalling. It was just terrible. And the game was just, just dry, just completely dry. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, the players look, the players didn't want it enough, but neither do the... Neither do the people... Um, Neither did the people, you know, on the, on the pitch. They didn't. They didn't really care at all, and they they didn't work particularly hard. They didn't work particularly. Didn't have to work particularly hard, to be honest. That they just looked like they were playing at ten percent. Whether we're actually going for second, I, I I'd hate to think that because that's just not what you should be doing. But just an appalling performance. Um, Scotland did us over there. Scotland really, really did us over there, and they've got their point. They'll be happy with that. I said it would happen. But, you know, 
wow, it's uh, it's just it's just appalling. It's just appalling football from England. Ponderous, slow. But if we're going to go on and actually get some results elsewhere in this tournament, we're going to have to really shape up and shape up quickly. <laughs> you know, you think you've got Czechoslovakia next. They'll they'll pick up a point against us if we play like that. You can't be playing two holding midfielders in a game like that, unfortunately. I mean, maybe start them, but you bring on, um, you bring on players cl- close again. The chances we really did go to Scotland for most of this game, and I'm really disappointed with with how the game went. And so will a lot of England fans. Scotland picked up a very creditable draw, and fair play to them. They did very well to get the draw, but got to work harder than that next time, England. And that's a poor, poor result. And not only by not picking up a goal towards the end there. You've ruined my my fantasy predictions or whatever they are. They might match predictions league. Um, yeah, so we'll move on to tomorrow's action because there is a bit of action tomorrow. Some very good action, actually. It comes in the shape of the group of death and a bit of group B in there as well. So let's go straight into this game and what's happening tomorrow. So we're going straight into Hungary versus France who I think is going to be a 2-0 win for France. And I'm going to say Benzema is going to get the first goal in that particular game. I think that's going to be an interesting one, though. I think Hungary, they looked decent last time, I thought. Don't don't write them off. Don't write them off at all. I think they've got the chance to, to advance through. And I think they could do it. You know, if they if they get a point and a win in these last couple of games. We've got Germany-Portugal, which I think is going to be a 1-0 Portugal win. And I've gone for CR7, Cristiano Ronaldo being the only player to get a goal in this particular clash. Then, next up is Spain versus Poland. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm looking forward to seeing how Spain bounce back from that. Um, it's difficult, difficult, difficult decisions, isn't it? Um, I'm going to say 1-0 Poland. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to be bold. I'm just going to come out and say it. I think it's going to be 1-0 to Poland. And I think Spain... We're too slow and ponderous last time, and I'm not sure they'll react in the way that the Spanish fans will want them to do so. So, yeah, that is what I've gone for, and that is what I'm saying. But, yeah, feel free to leave your predictions in our email feed, and I'd love to hear back from you. But if you want to go and hear more of my thoughts, you can head over to TikTok. But, yeah, if you want to get out there and get involved in the podcast, drop an email to EuroDiaryPod, and I can get back to you, and we can talk about the games or whatever. But, yes. We'll be going straight into tomorrow's action in tomorrow's episode because remember every single day there's a brand new episode and I love bringing them to you so feel free to keep them going but yeah that brings us to the end of this podcast if you've enjoyed it leave a like subscribe and get involved by leaving us a little review on Apple Podcasts if you're on there but that brings me to the end of the episode and I'll see you next time goodbye